This episode of Bad Associations briefly mentions sexual assault and suicide, which may be upsetting to some. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bad Associations Podcast. Uh, Happy New Year! This episode comes out the last day of 2022. This year has been fantastic for me and I hope it was for you guys as well. I could go on a whole list about how amazing this year has been, and one of the things that would be on that list is this podcast, chatting with all of you and being trusted to share your stories with the rest of the world. Thank you. I can't wait to speak with all of you into the new year, and I can't wait to see where this podcast grows. Today's episode, I talked to April. You probably know who April is already. She is the owner of the Instagram handle 1914hoax. Check it out if you haven't already. She has amazing memes that call out the complete utter bullshit of this cult. When I found her meme page, I knew I needed to interview her and get her whole story. She is what she would consider an active apostate. She's physically and mentally out, but she is still scheming for her exit strategy. When me and April chatted for this episode, we were both very sick. I have a super annoying congested voice, so I hope you guys will bear with me. My story is shared on the first episode of this podcast called I'm Chev. If you haven't heard it already, feel free to jump back and give it a listen. She basically just wanted some more context on the fact that I left so abruptly. She couldn't believe that that's actually what happened. I decided to leave my episode on this podcast pretty short, and I summarized a lot of things and broad brushstroked a lot of others. I did that because this podcast has a very light and conversational flow to it when I have guests on, and I knew I wanted that to be the feeling of the podcast long before I had even interviewed my first guest. So I figured... I don't really need to get into the nitty gritty details of every single thing that happened in my story. I felt like it would just organically come out in future episodes with guests when I'm relating my story to their story and vice versa. So on one hand, when you listen to my episode, there are pieces that seem a little hard to imagine because I generalize them so much, but believe it or not, I did just leave that abruptly that day. So anyways, here's the conversation. It was a blast. Thanks so much for spending your time with me, April. I can't wait to chat with you again. Wait, you know, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was listening to your personal story. So you just decided to leave like at the meeting at the Kingdom Hall? You're just like, I mean, not that you had this, you had this like idea and plan. Right. That was your moment that you, you made it happen. Yeah, I know it sounds insane. And um, I joke about it with, it's not an episode that's come out yet, but I joked about it with another um, woman um, that I don't know that person, like the person that I was back then. I am astonished that I did that because I'm such a planner and I'm such a, like to the point where I get, I give myself anxiety with like trying to like control. I'm also a control freak. And so the fact that I did that is unbelievable. Um, But yeah, it was, I think I was waiting for, I don't know. I think I was waiting for something really unrealistic. I feel like at the time I was waiting for like my sister to leave with me. I felt like I was waiting for my cousin to say, yeah, me too. I was like waiting. And that's just not, I mean, I'm sure it's happened to some very lucky people, but it would never have happened for me. But I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And I probably could have, like, if we're talking about like financially, Uh um, I could have left pretty much right when I moved out when I was 19. Um, 
and then continued to stay until I was 22 because I kept waiting for these really unrealistic things to happen. Yeah. And I think I was, I don't know why I felt like that, but at the time, at that day, I just felt like, what the hell am I waiting for? I mean, Mm -hmm. this, whatever it is that I was waiting to to happen, I was like, it's not going to happen, Siobhan. You just need to be done with this. Yeah. And you, you really went for it. (laughs) Yeah. Like an idiot. (laughs) I was listening to it and I was like, wait, what, what did she just do? Her stepfather, her stepfather just smiled at her and she was like, well, I'm not going to be a witness anymore. Yeah. It's, it's always way more complicated than that. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to like, when it comes to like the actual, like telling someone for the first time in my family I'm leaving that was the day and then um I'm, I have a blur of like whether I did it or whether my dad did it but somebody went to the elders either it was me or him after that meeting and said um hey um I need to talk to you guys and they were like okay let's chat tomorrow and the next day I went back to the Kingdom Hall not when there was a service obviously but I went to the Kingdom Hall and there were uh, two elders and my grandfather who was also an elder but he was there as well and um, I told them basically the whole spiel and I laid it all out to them and had the meeting and I didn't go into this in the episode but I think that those follow-up meetings that I had was why I'm disfellowshipped if I had just like stopped going and didn't continue to have those like one like I shouldn't say one on one but one on three yeah, um, meetings. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Hindsight's always twenty twenty though. Yeah, you walked into a judicial basically. Yes. Why did I do that? <laughs> I know, and I I hate that because as you know, like the way I've been treated all these years is because I'm disfellowshipped. When uh, yeah. by my definition, I should be disassociated because I chose to. They didn't catch me doing anything. They didn't like. Yeah, but, you just said. Yeah, I know. Well, you even said in your episode, you have a habit of telling on yourself. I know. <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. I know. It's so dumb. Yeah. Well, you know, I had this moment, I think within the last few months where I was like, wait a minute. Why didn't I just lie? Like, I... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I was disfellowshipped. I got reinstated. Um, and I was just like, what wait a minute, I, I didn't have to go through any of this. It wasn't like my boyfriend at the time, my ex-boyfriend um, was a witness. I wasn't going to get told on yeah. by him. I could have just been like, oh yeah, it was a one-time thing or... I don't so know. I, don't, I, think, yeah. I think there's probably like some deep... I mean, we talked to like a psychoanalyst or something. Like, I'm sure there's some deep indoctrination, like training us to be so brutally honest that we catch ourselves and we tell yeah. on ourselves and we and we, you know it's basically like the trap that we are setting for ourselves and so we're like well I have to like cleanse myself from this yeah this horrible thing so it wasn't that I went and told on myself out of I'm I've been caught and I yeah. have to do no I genuinely thought I just want you guys to understand why I think this is bullshit again was it goes into that whole like not realistic I thought if I go in here and I talk to these what I think are educated men and I tell them hey I think you guys are being bamboozled as well like let me just tell everyone and save everyone and it's like that's just in hindsight that was never gonna happen I don't know why it's almost cocky that I even thought no I I could do that yeah I think I have that kind of thinking too like when I sometimes when I like make my little infographs and stuff, I'm like, oh, I really hope that, you know, 
maybe on the off chance one of my family members or my friends see this yeah. and then they'll and then they'll <laughs> know they'll know the truth and about the truth and then and then I'll have someone then that's mm-hmm. it like they're they're reasonable I can reason to somebody and they'll get it but no I I know in my heart like <laughs> I know Ugh. I know it's, it's- it's I don't know whether it's we're being really cocky and that we think we've got it like we'll be the one to change their mind or whether we have so much confidence in their brain or I don't know like we're like well no they're they'll get it I'm gonna because yeah. what you do is very well done and so oh, I mean, you, you. Would, you would think that anyone with any common sense would look at that entire thing page and say like oh my god yeah there are so many holes in this and contradictions and really screwed up things that the organization you know has their hand in and you would think that they would have this epiphany and voila but no (laughs) no Uh, yeah I you know I like to think so I, I had written all kinds of stuff down and one of my main things that I would like to stress to your listeners and to the XJW community mm-hmm. is I am not dumb. Like I am not a dumb person, okay? And I I mean, you have some friends who are like, you know, whatever, but my friends are not dumb. I'm not dumb. I, I feel like I have, you know, I can reason about things, but this, when I go into my story or like give you anything that tell you anything that has happened, I feel like early on you're gonna be like, okay, this person was a little bit dumb. Like, <laughs> so you're like, I just want you want like a, a warning at the beginning of your yeah, story. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dumb. And I, <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if you want to put a, a disclaimer, like April is not dumb. Yes. She was just. I have some sense, and I think that. I think, not that I think a lot of myself, but I do kind of think that I am educated. I can reason on things. I trust science and and certain aspects of the media. I'm not easily swayed in that aspect, but this, my whole entire belief system, yes. Like I was, I wasn't tricked, but you know, why would, God's true religion lie to you. Right. Also, this is in the past tense. So yeah, what you may have done when you were being, you know, brainwashed, gaslit, insert word here, you know, mm-hmm. is very different than once you can look at it now with an educated and open mind. Now you're mm-hmm. able to look back and judge your previous person. The way I judge my previous person for making yeah. such a abrupt decision that I did that day. <laughs> but, um, you know, it it builds character right you know it makes Mm -hmm. our story more interesting than the person next to us um i always open up with one question which is uh can you tell me about the first memory you have of questioning the jehovah's witness faith it's amazing i didn't have like an exact moment where i was like this this isn't true or at least not early on one of my biggest hang-ups was why is being gay wrong? Why is being gay a sin? And I I remember being probably like eight or 10, you know, around there. And I would always have to remind myself that being gay is wrong because it says so in the Bible and Jehovah says it's wrong. So it was kind of like, because I said so. 
And that was, that was fine with me. I was like, okay, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't have God's thinking, even as a young kid, but I'm going to accept that. Even though, I mean, it really doesn't make sense, but yeah, that I was good with that. Jehovah says so, that's it. Some kids can be parented that way even, where the parents say, because I told you so, they take it. My older sister was that way, where I was the one questioning it. So, I mean, that's just like a personality thing. I don't think, I feel like there's probably tons of people that say like, yeah, that's what I was told and I accepted it at that. Yeah, um, I think that is pretty true of how I was ever since I was a little kid, that you could just tell me this is how it is. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. why can't a brother have a beard? Because it's not right. Okay, that's fine. And then if somebody brought it up again, well, well, why? Why are you questioning? Like, I, you don't need to ask, you know the answer. And then in my mind, I'm like, they are so rebellious. They have to ask these questions. Uh, they can't just accept the answer. And I never like question anything. Uh, that's just in my nature uh, to just accept the answer not like why why can't I you know mom dad why can't I do this because you can't like okay that's fine it just if you gave me somewhat of a coherent answer or had some authority behind it then I was totally okay because this is God's true one true organization we serve the one true God. I do not have God's thinking. And um, yeah, like I don't see things as God sees them and I'm viewing things as a person. And how could I totally understand things if I'm not God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did say that a lot in the meetings, right? That yeah. you're, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to have all the answers that God has because you are yes. not a God, so. Yeah. I remember specifically wondering, Abraham, when Jehovah asked him to sacrifice his son. Right. And like a lot of people are like, oh, that's so cruel. Like, how could you, how could you ask somebody to sacrifice their son? And like, I mean, that's my first instinct too. Like, yeah, why would, why would Jehovah ask him to sacrifice his son? I thought it was cruel at first, but then I was like, wait, no, Jehovah wouldn't ask you to do something like that. So I did some research, like, you know, uh, official material, not anything outside of like published stuff. So, and it was basically like, well, he was asked to sacrifice his son because it was going to be like a not like a metaphor, but like a representation of Jehovah uh, sacrificing his own son. So then you could see how big of a deal it is, all this stuff. Mm. So then like to me, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Okay, like I don't have God's thinking and now I understand. So that was it. I don't know. I could just, I I could just take things (laughs) like that and then like not question it after. So I had no follow-up questions, not... No. I feel like Mm -hmm. that would make me even more confused than I already was, but you took it and you're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And case closed. Yeah, so like anytime I had a question like, well, why did Jesus have to die for our sins? Well, because 
Adam was a perfect man and you have to balance it like a scale. Right. And yeah. that that's it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds that. good. Yeah. So just anything that you told me, as long as it was from the organization, I was like, yeah, that's that's right. And even if it ended up being wrong, the reasoning obviously is, well, the light keeps getting brighter and hmm. we just didn't have all the information at the time. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because they're imperfect men. They make mistakes and I can accept that. Hmm. <laughs> and even when other people question things around you, like you were saying, you, you would think, well, why are they questioning it? Because they should just take it on. That never... It yeah. never made you question it more of like, oh, man, they're asking a good question. No, no, it, no uh, I, um, I don't, I have a hard time with rebellion. Mm. <laughs> and I know that's like a little ironic. Bit, yeah, <laughs> because I am, my name is April the Apostate. <laughs> and that's a bit rebellious. I don't do well with rebellion. Like I only got in trouble one time at school and it was because I talked at a turn. Um, when other kids would be, you know, like, well, why? Or ask all these questions, like, oh, just shut up and accept it. Like, would you just, you know, <laughs> stop asking these dumb questions that don't even matter. Or like the the whole beard thing, like mm -hmm. you're just, you're you're just trying to make a point. You're trying to make a point that doesn't even matter because they already told you the answer. So just accept it. So it, it didn't make me question more. It just made me irritated that people wouldn't fall in line. Gotcha, wow. Yeah, and this is like always, I've always been like that. Um, I still don't like to question authority so much. So like me, speaking out in my own way is like a really big deal for me because I, I just don't like I don't I don't see the need for it and I I when I was uh disfellowshipped I even told my dad I was like he was like well you can appeal and I was telling him like yeah like people can appeal and all that like we were talking about it like oh so and so told me to appeal it but I like what am I what am I gonna do like oh yeah I don't think I deserve this I'm just my whole thing was I'm gonna take it. Like at that time I was still like believing for a good, like for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I'm not sorry and I get it. So I'm just gonna take what the punishment is and I'm not gonna complain. And I'm just going to accept it and do my time and then come back. So I, I never felt the need to like push like push for answers because you already gave me an answer and I have to accept the situation and that's good enough. Okay. And so you were living a double life for how long? <laughs> I was a good girl for most of my life until about 24, 25. Um, and there's like a lot of, I guess, nuances leading up to it. But basically, uh, I started, I I distinctly remember this kind of like week or weekend. I had the house to myself and I had been talking to like a, a worldly schoolmate just from the past, very friendly. 
kind of conversation and he was like have you ever seen the show broad city and i was like no i haven't and he said oh i think you'd really like it so i started watching it and that show is not for christians <laughs> um, i've never heard of it okay well it's it's like hijinks and uh sex positive i liked it and um i I didn't like watch rated R movies, but I really wasn't like selective about what I watched. So it didn't bother me. But then as like the episodes went on, I was like, these are just normal girls having fun. Mm. And they're not bad people. They're just like, you know, enjoying themselves, enjoying their youth. And um, I can see them doing this and being worldly and that's good for them. But it was just like this weird disconnect because I didn't think that they were bad people, but they were doing bad stuff. And it was just a TV show. And then like some time went by, I was pioneering at the time. I was doing Metro in a large city. And then, uh, I don't know if you have ever heard of this website and it's such a throwback and like <laughs> corny, but it's Omegle. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, I've not used it, but I know what it is. Yeah. You chat with strangers. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to chat with strangers. And it's mostly like horny guys on there. Mm. But you don't know who, you don't know who they are since it's just a chat, like, you know, typing option. And from there, I started like, you know, just talking to guys and like exchange Snapchat names and chat on there. And then they would see like a picture of me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so pretty, blah, 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 which was not something i didn't know that if i that i thought i was ugly but i never fit that mold of like classic witness or um pioneer look so like, mm. i was i'm i'm kind of old or like kind of old as far as like getting married like oh 25 for a joe's witness you're old yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah not <laughs> i'm i still feel really young but like Ooh, 25, unmarried. Unmarried, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, a anybody that I would be interested in would be, quote unquote, like, damaged goods. Somebody who would be on, like, their second marriage or something like that, which is not an issue at all. But, like, in that culture, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, your options are limited. But, still, so my dating life there was no dating life in the witnesses and then like to be like I kind of threw not through myself but I was like in this now like situation that I've put myself in where like people found me attractive and thought I was interesting and they were like really nice to me which was like wait what am I doing like these worldly men couldn't be interested in me uh they just want one thing and, and maybe they did, but like, maybe they didn't. Like maybe they actually did want to know who I was as a person. Yeah. Um, and then it just like kept going and going and going. Um, and I actually, <laughs> I ended up becoming like kind of friends with these two different guys. Um, they were from another country and they were from the same country. And I act like one of them, like fell in love with me 100 percent wow. told me that he was in love with me i was like okay that's weird but <laughs> like i mean like yeah i i liked him but i was just like well i have to tell you something 
And then I told him like, there's no way that we could ever date because of this. Mm. And it totally broke his heart. Like, yeah, I'm never gonna date a non-witness. So like, it's, it's horrible. Like I was playing with these people's emotions, but the other worst part of it was I decided to visit these two different guys oh, wow. in, a di- in a different country and people knew I was going to that country but they but I didn't tell anybody that I was meeting people I see <laughs> that's scary though I mean unrelated yeah. to the cult that's so because you kind of want people to know where you are you know yeah of course and, <laughs> but you can't tell anyone right oh I don't know it was so dumb but it doesn't it doesn't get better from there because my <laughs> my behavior was so erratic and I blame it. I don't blame it on like religious trauma. Like some of it, I guess, was like, oh, I didn't get like attention, male attention, whatever, which is yeah, it's whatever. But um, I had like undiagnosed um, bipolar. So like I did a lot of things that I'm like, oh, yeah, Ditto. like, yeah, that makes sense why I did that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes back to like, I had issues in my teenage years about being like, I I mean, I had depression and stuff, but my, and my family took me to a psychiatrist and then they suggested medication. They're like, nope, we're not going to do that. So I think like it just got worse and I kind of spun out of control for a bit and, um, ended up meeting strangers on the internet and put myself in danger because I just didn't care. Yeah. And I was like drinking a lot. And at that time, I still was like believing. Like I still believed. I I even remember like one time I was like, I want this person to find the truth so we can be together. Uh, oh, I know. No. <laughs> so oh no. When I think about it now, I didn't. I I just prayed that silently. Yeah. To myself, but like how weird. You know, like it's not weird. It's it's like you're trying to have the the best of both worlds. Like I clearly can't find a partner here, and you did believe it. So you're like, I need yeah. to find someone out here and then bring them where I believe. Uh, it's so yeah, crazy. And I remember like our CEO was like, you know, these worldly men. This was also when I like during the time that I was doing this, talking to like random internet guys. That our CEO said, you know, these worldly men, they meet are fine sisters, are wonderful sisters, and they fall in love with them. But these men, they will never accept them being witnesses. They will never accept their difference in beliefs. Like they will use them and be done with them. And I just remember thinking like, this is like one of the first times that I consciously like objected in my mind. Um, Well, that's not true. Like Mm. I told, I told this guy like, what my deal was and he was he was respectful of it and he still wanted it like to work but he didn't like just use me and leave me after that like he still wanted to talk to me and stuff so I was like okay like that's weird like I just kind of pushed it off and I, I thought it was my issue my thing and kind of just left it I didn't really push it more and then I kept doing what I was doing. Um, but it was like, okay, I, I know that it's wrong, but I'm going to still do it. 
I, I might as well just have fun. I, I'm probably, uh, I'll repent later. Like I'll do what I want to do and then I'll, I'll fix it later. Yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this went on for a while and then I met this, I got on that website again because it's also like, well, I'm not gonna get on Tinder because then that's in my area and then I'd actually have to like match with people and then more pressure to meet them. And it was just too much. Um, And this was like anonymous, I could kind of feel them out. And then it it, it didn't have to go anywhere. But then I met this one guy and um, he was was fine. Like he was nice and uh, we talked and he was telling me about his life and I I have a pseudonym for him. His name is Dallas. So I'll refer to him as Dallas. so like we, uh, you know, we started talking and then we were talking every day and we like we liked each other and we would talk on the phone and video chat, lots of red flags, but I ignored them. The first time we met, he was across the country. So I lived on the West Coast and he was on the East Coast and I decided, and I'm living at home. I still live at home, mind you. Um, that over Christmas, I'm going to go visit him in another state and tell people I'm going to the state, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm meeting someone. And I met him in, a a motel at his room, like nothing. It, it was, I think about it now and I'm like, you literally could have been murdered. A hundred (laughs) percent. Um, I like flew there, rented a car, showed up. And then we spent the whole weekend together, like stayed in the same room, but not much happened. Was mm-hmm. he? Yeah. And I hadn't even told him, like, I told him like, oh, I'm a virgin. Like I'm not, I'm only doing so much. And he was like, okay. So he respected that, but I hadn't told him that I was a witness, like at all. Not Which almost feels like a bigger secret than the virgin yes. thing. <laughs> That's harder em- to talk about. I was embarrassed <laughs> to be a virgin, first of all. Like that is it was so embarrassing. And I don't know why. Like it's just a construct. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But um yeah, the witnessing it never came up and um I mean I made sure it didn't come up. And so like yeah, we were I guess we were kinda like dating or whatever, like we were boyfriend and girlfriend me in Dallas and then I went home and like nothing happened yeah like <laughs> no big deal yeah yeah and um long distance we did the long distance thing and one weekend I had the house to myself and he came to visit me and we we're like getting ready for bed and then he was like pressing me like like what do you I don't know how it came up but he was just like what do you believe, blah, 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 like going on and on about my beliefs, even though he was an agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have any like religious affiliation. And I finally told him like, well, I don't want to, I didn't want to tell you this. And, but at this, like at this point I have to, like, I'm a witness. And he was like, wait, seriously? And like, we're in bed, like about to go to sleep. And like, he's next to me. He's like, are you, are you serious? And we had this whole conversation and he seemed, he was like, you know, I respect that. That's, that's totally fine. Like, it's not, I don't know. He didn't say anything like it's not ideal. It's whatever. 
And then we continued on our, you know, our little weekend together. And he went back to his state. It was very like chaotic time because he quit his truck driving job like abruptly and he like didn't have a job and basically was almost homeless but i'm over here in this state and he's like in a, in middle america somewhere and i can't do anything and then he comes out again or no well we used to, uh, did back and forth a couple times but did we you telling him that you were jove's witness did that like improve your relationship or did it make it more like more complicated or weird no it seemed to be like okay i understand like okay now i know where you're coming from i know why things are the way that they are um and he wouldn't say anything at this point about my beliefs and i was like okay that's cool because again i was still i still think i believed Mm. for the most part like i had more a few more doubts Specifically, well, I still like why is being gay a sin? And is the resurrection really going to happen? So I would tell myself like, oh yeah, so-and-so is going to be resurrected. My grandma's going to be resurrected and I'm going to see her again. But then at the back of my mind, I'm like, well, is it really going to happen? And, you know, like doubting at all, you're already not going to be there. So because of your double life yeah and just you know so we went back and forth and we were like in love or whatever and he lives in some random state like 2,000 miles away from me and then one day he's like I'm gonna move out there and I was like what oh Oh, boy oh my gosh (laughs) oh my nerves You're telling me I lived through this. And oh I, the other thing is, I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. So, you have no sounding board of like someone no, that you could talk like, to about this. I had one friend and she was like inactive and she also had a worldly boyfriend, but there was only so much that I could tell her. I felt Obviously, like. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he sold like everything. He sold, he sold like his prized possessions and he drove himself over here and like he had an incident with his car and he ended up getting ticks it was just horrible it was so horrible and i couldn't do what anything. was his expectation of you on a, upon his arrival what what that did he... He, that we would be able to spend more time together which kind of yeah like, to a point not, yeah but not really so he like uh, um, we can't we couldn't live together we right like just, i couldn't sleep over you couldn't like go out to like no. a restaurant because no. in your town yeah, yeah, what was his thoughts? I don't know what he well, saw they... happening here. I don't think that friends yeah. or significant others, partners, whatever, have to understand the nuances of the organization. It's yeah. just kind of like a, a blanket understanding that there is like PTSD and trauma. There's something that's happened yeah. through our childhood and foundation that makes us different than maybe yeah. someone else. When I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable going to a movie with you. I don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable um going to this place or i'm i i don't want to like i'll get found out i can't spend the weekend with you without planning yeah um it's not ideal and it's not fun so when he got here 
I think he thought like, oh, we're gonna spend so much time together. Yeah. And like, like yeah, more than we did before, but no, not by you, much. <laughs> yeah, you can't come over. You can't. You can't meet my family. You can't just hang out with me while I'm like watching TV. Um, what year did this with Dallas? What year what did that happen? 2018-2019. Okay, so Google was a thing. So yes. I guess yeah. not to not to point fingers or anything, but I don't know why he wouldn't have done just like a lazy Google. Yeah, I don't know. You don't um, even have to do a deep dive. Just a lazy Google no. on the religion would have told him, hey. Like dating yeah. a witness. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just oh goodness. If you had said like oh 1998, you know something really far, I'm like all right, no, that's right. 2008 no. even, I would give you that. But 2018, no. yeah, the XJW subreddit was alive and well. Yeah, <laughs> he could have um, helped himself out by looking at that first. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the other thing is too, like I like I said, I ignored a lot of red flags. Um, he was the first person I slept with. Mm. And I don't know, like you, there's like that weird connection sometimes that you can have with that. Like it's almost nostalgic, and mm -hmm. it was special, and it wasn't. Like it, <laughs> at the time, it was, but no, it's not. Like I, I'm insight. Yeah. Yeah. So he got here, and we tried to do stuff together, and he was here for about four months, and it wasn't going too well, and he had a job that he hated, and uh, it was just like. I was feeling bad and we spent, um, oh, okay. As time was going on though, I guess he had started Googling because mm. he would be like, well, like there's a lot of hot takes on the JW subreddit. And I was like, okay, like what? And he's like, well, people don't really like that you don't take blood. And right. I was like, okay, like, and he's like, well, like people really don't like it. And I was like, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't care um yeah or or he would be like well what's gonna happen like with you sinning like our i was like well i'll just get disfellowshipped and he would feel bad about it and i was like well i've accepted it mm -hmm. like don't feel bad about it but he would like bring up stuff like that he's one of those people who will like that doesn't make sense why would god if mm. god is loving why would he you know do x y and z and I'm like well because he's god and he could do whatever he wants and it's right but he was like one of those people who made, he would ask questions. And I guess to a certain extent, it kind of rubbed off on me a little bit where I started to question a little bit more. Which is not good. Yeah. yeah, it was good, but the relationship was terrible and he is a horrible person. But um, we did, like we spent, it was almost like a last, last ditch effort for him. In a way, he told me later, we went on this, trip um over thanksgiving we did like an overnight thing and i thought we had a great time and he said like i had a great time but it turns out two weeks later uh like two weeks before our one year anniversary so this all happened within a year like all this craziness that's wild oh my goodness okay. someone fell in love with me and moved across the country he even bought me a ring and i was like wearing this engagement type ring on my finger and nobody was like nobody was like oh are you engaged like on your left ring finger yes like nobody paid attention to me i just was like walking around with with this like engagement type what ring. was your plan exactly if somebody were to ask you that question 
I think somebody did ask me, like, are you engaged? Like, no, I just like this ring. Okay. And yeah, it's so, it's so, like, what a, what a weirdo. Like, I'm so, so such a mess. I do have a question about Dallas. Was, Dal- was uh, Dallas also um, bipolar? Um... I don't know about bipolar, but there was something going on. Like something manic, because yeah, the idea of moving across country and you've not looked into this person's religion, you've yep. not discussed what you guys are going to do once you live closer to each other, like that seems mm-hmm. like a very manic decision. Yeah, so like he he quit his job <clears throat> Goodness as a truck driver, and then he was like, I can't take it anymore. He was like threatening to, uh, hurt himself and all this stuff and I felt helpless because I was across the country yeah and then he was like I got a new job I'm moving here I'm doing this I'm gonna move across the country to be with you and then all of a sudden four months later after our trip that I thought we had a good time he was like I want to go home I was like because he texted me at work I was at work and he was at work and I was like do you mean you just want to like go home like you're done for the day and he's like no I want to go back home to where I'm from, my state. And I was like, are you serious right now? Are you telling me you want to break up with me? Uh, like via text, via text. I'm at work? And he's yeah. like, yeah. I was okay. like, what? All right. <laughs> what? And Better I'm ways freaking, to go about this. <laughs> yes, and I'm freaking out. I'm at my desk at work and I work with my family. Oh no. And I'm like <laughs> holding back tears and I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm freaking out. I'm crying, but like not trying not to cry. Yeah. And um I texted him and I was like, is there someone else? And he said, yes. And it was it was somebody that he was friends with back home. Then why did he move at all? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. This is... <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I'm like, excuse me, what? And he said, later, I was like, we need to talk. And he's like, there's nothing to talk about. I'm done. And I was like, no, we're going to talk. And we met up in my car. And I was just like, what happened? Like, what is going on? And he's like, well, basically what had happened was he felt like he wasn't being paid attention to enough and she was paying attention to him. And I was never there. So it was like, well, I needed to get attention from somewhere. So I'm gonna talk to her and we confess that we love each other and I'm gonna be with her now. And I was like, okay. So you know how <laughs> like you'll have this discussion with somebody and then you you think of more stuff to say. To say and yes, but now like instead of letting it marinate you can text it to them so <laughs> yes. so he went back to he was still around he hadn't moved yet and i was furious and i was telling him all this stuff and he then all of it like out of nowhere he texted me i hate your religion i hate it i i think it's like the worst he told me like all these terrible things that like it was it ruined our relationship and that things would never be right and that we would never see eye to eye on anything and he was just not happy and I was just I was like it took you like a year to 
to tell me this? And like, how, how were you going to like, I just, I just didn't understand. And I was still trying to like, <laughs> it is a lot of like, I have like a lot of PTSD from that whole thing. It's horrible. So I'm going through this breakup and nobody knows that I'm being broken up with. You just have to squish all your feelings down inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll like cry in the shower or whatever. And, um, I I was like, you know, sad and stuff, but we would still hang out because like, of course, I don't have much dating experience. I've dated a few people at that point, but I wanted him back for whatever reason. Like, even though he was, it was horrible and he's told me these things, I wanted him back. So mm-hmm. I would ask him to do stuff still. He didn't have any friends here and I, I still wanted to spend time with him. Um, so we were like, he went with me to like something and we did all this stuff and then like the night before i was gonna go do something my mom came into my room and she's like you're not hiding anything from me right uh. i was like, I was like what? <laughs> uh no and she's like okay and then she just like went away and then um she didn't explain any context to that question no she, no 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 she's just like are you hiding anything from me like how mothers do and i was like no i'm not which was a lie as um, children do. I'm, and I'm not even a child, you know, like... I'm You're her very, child. I'm her child, but I'm not a child. So then it was the week of Christmas and he was like, I'm going to go do something, like go into the city. And I was like, okay, like I want to go too. He was like, yeah, you can go if you want. And I went and this was my detriment. This is what did me in. Um... And my parents are really suspicious, but I went into the city and to hang out with him. And and then we got home and it took me a long time. I was like, do you, I asked my parents, like, do you want something to eat from su- such and such place? But I had to like go drop him off and then go get food. And my mom was like, why did it take you an hour at the drive-thru? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Which I knew what she meant. And then when I got home, they're like, can you close the door? Like, cause we had people over and like, can you close the door? We have something to talk to you about. Who is this? And, oh, oh, I'm having like the same terror. And this is, it's just so sad because I'm an adult woman who had a consensual relationship with another adult. I shouldn't have to explain myself or hide it, but Yeah, or feel guilt, yeah. Yeah, even though it was a crappy, shitty relationship, I had to like go through it alone, but then they like, they got me to sing like a canary. And I, yeah, so they were like, I, and then later I thought like, you could have just lied. You could have just said like, oh, this is somebody that I saw once. But no, I said, no, he was my boyfriend and we're broken up now, but we were together for about a year. And they're like, oh my God. How did they find out about him? They, we were following each other on Instagram and they just like put it together like this person and this person like they just figured it all out and wow yeah they're snoopy like my mom is but whatever um and then like i was found out and my dad was like okay well you're gonna have to tell the elders and you're gonna have to start a judicial and then they were like well when you went away for the weekend did you go with him and i was like yes and then they were like, did you stay in the same room? And I was like, 
yes like yes we did did you stay in the same bed and i was like yes we did and they were so like besides themselves like oh my gosh she stayed in a room with a man in the same bed for a weekend so yeah i had to you know do the confession thing and i remember going outside and um calling him after i told my parents like almost everything and they he i was like uh dallas like we can be together now like yeah secrets out let's go yeah we can he's like i don't want to do that i'm leaving i I don't want to i can't and oh boy um so i mean i was planning on being out and being with him and you know coming back and i still had support but no like that was done and like i remember my dad saying like well if you if you did marry this person and you had children with him how would you raise your children and i've been wondering that myself oh like what was what was your plan yeah because i still kind of believed so i was like well and i would tell dallas like okay well if we have kids they are not going to celebrate their birthday and they're not going to do christmas and they're not going to do any of these other holidays like you can do them but they will not and like i kept going on and on about how i had all these things like they're not going to do they're not going to trick or treat we're not going to watch scary movies like all these things just like i don't know so i didn't know how how i would raise children with this person because we did talk about it um it turns out like early on i found out that he had been hiding that he had a son oh my god <laughs> so what and is I going st- on and then i still like i was not taking my medication okay like i took it but not not all the time so i'm gonna blame some of it on that okay. um yeah i was like you have a kid and he was like yeah um i it's sad for me because i don't get to see him i was like <sighs> but i still i was still with him um so uh, <laughs> yeah, he, okay. He can move across the country for you that a person he's known for a few months, but he can't see his kid wherever the kid is. Yeah, and the okay. kid lived in the same town as him. Oh Come my on. god. Yeah, Get I, out of here. <laughs> but the thing is like, okay, again, I am not I am I I'm not making a good case for myself, but I am <laughs> I can think things through, but I can just accept things like, yeah uh you don't see your child and that's not your fault like but like why why don't you see your (laughs) child like that should have been the question that I was asking but I didn't um because you're not you're not a person that 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 dives you don't you've already explained that that's just not your personality yeah um yeah I had I felt no reason to to do that so you your dad told you that you would have to see the elders yeah and then the other thing was like well you can be with him and that's fine but you can't live here like that ship had already sailed but um but the other thing they were like but if you are working to get reinstated you can stay here you won't have to leave because i was like well you found out i have to leave now and they're like no you don't but you need to go to the elders and um i like texted one of them the next morning and then like two days later i had my 
not the judicial, but the two brother one where they yeah. see if they have a case. <laughs> I remember too, like my dad saying, you know, you're gonna if you have kids with this person, what are you gonna how are you gonna raise them? And then if they're not witnesses and they come to visit us, are we gonna tell them yeah, you can live forever. You can live in paradise, but mom and dad don't. Mom and dad won't be there. Or if you don't change, like, you won't be there. If you want to do this, like, if you want to, you know, celebrate Halloween or whatever, you don't get to be in paradise. And I was like, it felt really bad to hear that. Yeah. You know, you put it in that perspective, you... Because I'm not... I don't have a soundboard. I'm not bouncing off this relationship to anybody else. And I am not like, I'm thinking about certain stuff, but I'm not thinking about the true logistics of it. And especially that's, it's especially not good because I was still somewhat of a believer, Mm -hmm. but more so like apathetic that I'll just accept what happens. So like I said, I I just accept things. So I knew I was going to get disfellowship. So I just accepted it. Yeah. Um, I had, the, the first judicial, like on Christmas Eve or something like that. And they had a case. So then we met a couple days later. It's so weird to be at a kingdom hall, like after hours in that very. one room. Yeah. So it's eerie. It's very eerie. And they're like, okay, thank you for coming to your judicial. Like I didn't really have a choice, but um I they're like make sure you don't you're not recording this and uh, of course I didn't um wow I wonder if that's a new thing oh uh, I think I'm sure it is like, I have, like ask, smartphones have gotten yeah, yeah. and I, wow. a lot of these things like end up on the internet but I didn't I wasn't there to like protest wasn't yeah. there to make a point I was just there to accept whatever they came back with so um i think because i had confessed to it being a sexual relationship i didn't need to go into details like it wasn't an issue of like oh are you gonna get like based on like these small technicalities are you going to be um reproved or disfellowshipped it was like oh really yeah that's what i felt like i just went in and i was like yeah I, i i had sex with this person and um so they didn't ask i think like sometimes they ask really uncomfortable and specific questions yeah mm-hmm. which because i said like oh i had sex like i didn't have to go into detail about like the different things that i had done which um, this um, just speaks to another inconsistency with congregation to congregation because every yeah. other person has a different experience based on yeah that. but they did like they were like do you did you use protection did you travel anywhere to to have sex? Did you, how many times would you have sex? Like how often? Is there a possibility that you could be pregnant? Are there nude photographs of you that he still may have on his phone? Are there nude photographs that can be circulating on the internet right now? Um, is he married? Some, I think those are like the main ones that I remember. Those are like the most like invasive questions that I can remember right now and then as I was answering these questions I was like there's no way I'm not getting disfellowship yeah 
I knew pretty much going into it. And then as I was done telling them the facts, which I, I really didn't do anything wrong. Like, yeah, like I broke the rules, but none of those things are bad or wrong to be in a relationship like that. Well, like parts of it, the relationship wasn't good, but um, to be in a consensual adult relationship with somebody is never wrong, like in those terms. So then they told me to go out into the um, auditorium and I was waiting. I probably waited about 10 minutes and then they called me back, which, you know, they're supposed to pray over it <laughs> and get Jehovah's blessings. So I'm like, they're make. later on, I thought about this, not then, like they right. made a life altering decision in a matter of 10 minutes. Like they heard my case and they're going to decide what needs to be done. I, th- before like all this, I thought judicials took like months. I don't know why I thought that like maybe because there was the whole case pleading and they had to like really think about it but no it's just three men who like I I guess they say a prayer and they're like well she's disfellowshipped so I went back in and they were like can you read the scripture And it was like the, I don't remember the scripture. And it was just like, Jehovah punishes the one that he loves. And then they had me, they had me read it. Oh my God, the audacity. And then just tell me I'm disfellowshipped and let's get this show on the road. (laughs) And then the chair, the chairman who I had known for, I pretty much known everybody in that room for a while. During the meeting, he was calling me like hun and sweetie, which was, So it's just too much. But then he was like, and for this reason, we have decided as your committee to disfellowship you because of the length of time that this relationship has gone on for. And you have seven days to appeal your case or, you know, we're going to announce it on the, like the next Tuesday, next Tuesday or something like that after the appeal. So then I was, I just started crying and I said, thank you. And I like picked up my stuff, opened the door, walked out and sat in my car and texted my ex. And I told him I'm disfellowshipped. And all he said was like, what's going to happen now? And then I texted my friend who was like, well, who was inactive. And she was just like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but I'm here for you. So I could talk to her for a little bit until oh, she decided to, she decided to start coming back. So I was like, okay, I don't, I don't have a friend, but, um, and then I called my mom and my dad and I was like, yeah, they, they just fellowship me. And I like it, it was not fun. Yeah. What's um, that like being disfellowshipped and living with your parents? Well, the other thing about that is the pandemic happened like two months, two or three months after. So, I mean, it was fine. And I'm glad that I wasn't in the pandemic with this person, Dallas. And my family, I don't know. Like sometimes 
I feel like they, I feel like they do believe, but then sometimes I feel like that they are apathetic towards certain things. So my parents would be pretty protective of like where I went, but then also I was home all the time. Um, so it kind of just like went on like a normal family, like dynamic. And I, it's kind of, my family is totally, like to me, feels totally different than the other stories that I've heard. Like my family, we spent, when we still do spend time with our worldly family members. We've gone on vacation multiple times with worldly workmates. My family really didn't change, just that um, that no one in the hall could talk to me. Um, and my dad, after he found out I was disfellowshipped, was he was an elder at the time, and he wanted to step down because he felt like he, you know, didn't have the right. He wasn't, you know, yeah, in a place he, that I don't know how to explain that. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, that I think he, that that comes from a lot of um, like humility from him because there's plenty of yeah. elders that that of the people that have been on this podcast already that they resent the fact that they have to step down because of the quote unquote failure of their children. Yeah. But your dad's saying like, hey, maybe I should check in with my own family before I get up on the, yeah, so then <laughs> the he, stage he, tomorrow. Exactly. He's just like, I'm not like effective immediately. I'm not going to be an elder anymore because how is that going to look to the congregation that I have this disfellowship child and I'm trying to like, I can't even, not that he said it like, oh, I can't even, you know, be in charge or like take care of my own household, but it just doesn't look right. Yeah. So, um, and he didn't resent me for that, but he, yeah. he, and I, I didn't feel any resentment from my family, actually. Like I expected them to like slut shame me in a sense that mm-hmm. none of that, my mom, um, but my mom like still refers to him as like, oh, that person who was your friend or <laughs> like, yeah. My um, mom does the same thing with my exes. Your, your old friend. Yeah. That like, guy, uh, that boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't want to see a picture of him or anything, which is fine. Yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, shoot, where was I? Go- oh, so he was still an elder technically, even though he like resigned immediately, but he had to like talk to the CEO. He had to do all the formal stuff. He was like, I'm not, I'm not an elder anymore. Like they need to just leave me alone. And I think he wrote a letter saying that he no longer wanted to be an elder. And then when he went to the meeting after they had announced that I was disfellowship, he found, he gathered like the body together and was yelling at them and screaming that like they had like, like of what value is it now that she's like, of what good is it now that she's in this position having lost like this relationship that she's in that we disfellowship her now of what benefit is it to Mm. her and I think if they had wanted to truly 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 keep me in and believing a reproof would have sufficed so much better yes yeah um because then like I didn't have anyone I had my family my mom and my dad and like one other friend and that's it I didn't have any type of support to be like, you know, yeah, like you got broken up with, but you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to hang out with you. We're going to do this stuff. And, um, uh, I just like, 
I was like, I would cry about my breakup now openly, but my, it was still, it was still kind of a sore topic to yeah. my parents. So I, there was only so much I could talk about. Um, and I like, I'm not sad. Like I was really sad when we broke up and there's more to that, but um, now I'm not, um, now I'm not sad about, I'm not sad about not having that person in my life. It's just really sucks how this whole awakening thing happened. It was really painful. But I think that if I had not been disfellowshipped, I would still somewhat believe or just, and just be lazy about my faith. Cause I used to do so much. Like I was a pioneer and I was in foreign language and Metro and I was, you know, it's like 70 hours a month and I had a Bible study, two Bible studies, just like totally busy. And then my trajectory totally changed. And during this whole thing, this whole breakup and disfellowship thing, I truly thought about killing myself. Mm. Like what else, what else was there to do? You know, like, I don't have anything. And then the only thing that, um, kept me from not doing that was my dog like the literally the only thing not even like the idea of like I didn't want my parents to find me or something like that but like how how would I tell my dog that I'm not you know that okay well how would anybody tell my dog that you're not coming home yeah they're not coming home and that like I would have to drive with her in my lap like this was this was literally the worst time of my life. And the only thing keeping me alive was this dog, which I'm very thankful for her. And now she's absolutely, she's a, she's a brat, but um, <laughs> I owe her my life. So she's allowed to be. So yeah, like I didn't, I didn't have anything. And then I still like, again, now, like I don't, I don't care about that person, but at that time, for months after, I did, and I still was like, he had moved back home, and I was still so hopeful that he would change his mind. And there's nobody for me to talk to about that. Like, my mom and dad don't want to hear that, and I can't really, like, tell anybody. So I got on Reddit, and I was, like, looking for friends, and I was just like, well, I don't have any support anywhere. Like, I wonder how bad it would really be if I got a tarot reading about this. And I was always like really scared of um, like spiritism and stuff. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I think we so all if, were. We we're always scared yeah, by that. So, yeah. yeah, like I had this story, like there was this one time that I wanted to, I wanted to read Harry Potter and I kind of knew what it was about, but my dad like sat me down at the bookstore and was like, well, do you know what this is about? It's about magic and sorcery. Um, do you do you think that Jehovah would approve of this? And he's like, you could do whatever you want. I just wanted to let you know this is what it's about. What do you think? The obvious answer was no, I shouldn't read that. So yeah, he's I was leading okay the witness that. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I was okay with that. Like. I didn't feel deprived. I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I understand. And that was it. I think they like bought me other books. Like the whole like Christmas and birthday things, people are like, well, I, you know, 
it's so fun and and you get all these presents but I like got presents and special things like all all year round so like yeah, when they really of- say when they say in the um like the watchtower or whatever like yeah witnesses get presents all year round they don't need a special day like I'm now finding out that that wasn't true for like Everyone. everyone else yeah yeah so to me it was like I don't care that I don't have a birthday like I don't care that I don't have Christmas because like my parents do all this stuff for me so mm-hmm. there was that me like that's what really had kept me like complacent not really even complacent just like satisfied like yeah I have a good life and I can do all kinds of stuff and I'm allowed to cuss in front of my parents and watch like sort sort of questionable um shows and i'm pretty normal like i have lots of friends i was totally fine um in the 90s sitting at a convention for seven hours no videos just taking notes like i was totally fine with that going out on service i i enjoyed like public speaking and all that i was just i was like not a model kid but i was just like yeah this is what i know and i'm gonna do it like Mm -hmm. You just have to give me a sort of good reason that makes sense with these like theocratic goggles that like, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, Jehovah wants me to do it and I'll do it. So anyway, like I, I was terrified of spiritism, but I was like, there's this is the only way I'm gonna know if I'm gonna ever get back with my ex. And thus started like the road to my deconstruction, like, hmm. I, and I'm still working on it. Like I still have a lot of hangups, but I started getting like tarot readings and mostly about love, but it was, then I was like, welcome into this like community of actual spiritism and spirituality, not spiritism, I guess, some spiritism, but spirituality, not, you know, the definition by witnesses, which is like, you know, spirituality or totally different than than the secular meaning of it but I felt welcomed into a community for the first time in a few months and it was the pandemic and now I had like friends who who I could actually talk to about my relationship issues um, or how I was feeling and I actually had support and then I started really getting into um, like tarot cards and pendulum readings and psychics because like for the first time in a long time I felt like somebody was actually listening out there like I could get an answer from the universe I would pray to Jehovah and he wouldn't say anything I wouldn't get the answer that I was looking for I couldn't ask him like is my ex going to come back because he's worldly and I'm not yeah. gonna I can't ask God is my ex gonna come back I really hope so and even though like people have their own opinions and takes on um, like mysticism and magic and all that, yeah. for whatever, like the answers that I got, maybe they were wrong. And um, I mean, obviously they were cause like I didn't get back together with him, but I did find comfort in it for the first time in a long time. And I told my therapist, like I'm starting to get into this and it's weird because it feels right and I'm getting answers, but the Bible has told me that this is wrong and that God's going to punish me for this. 
So I don't understand how both things can be right and why this thing that's supposed to be bad feels right. And she didn't have an answer for me, but that's that's like where it started. Yeah. I, and that's when I like started questioning like my actual beliefs, not just like, okay, I'll accept. Um, how funny that the first time you start questioning is to, to a tarot card reader, which is like, could not be any opposite than like talking yeah. to an elder, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. Like for the first time, like I'm asking the universe, I'm asking a higher power for something and I'm seeing a sign, which I know that sometimes when people leave the witnesses or, you know, become inactive or whatever, they close off any idea of any kind of higher power but for me it's still something I kind of look to I believe in the universe I don't well, not unfortunately but um for now I don't want to believe in a god that is all-knowing and sees everything but doesn't do anything mm. so yes exactly um I don't know what that makes me as far as my beliefs um, it's still kind of difficult for me to to come to terms with what parts I believe and what parts are really me. Um, again, like the spirituality thing, like I got really into it. I was even doing pendulum readings for other people. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it it was nice. Like it was it was fun. It was a nice way to connect and like feel centered and all those things that. I mean, I did all those things that were bad, I guess, to witnesses. And um, I'm, I was finally seeing like, okay, like I, I am getting answers. So I don't know, like maybe I could just not do whatever I want, but maybe I, maybe I do know myself. Maybe I could start doing things. And we were still in lockdown, but I was back on Tinder or I was on Tinder. And um, I started matching with a lot of people. So it was kind of like that same like sensation of, you know, people actually like me. And yeah. Um, so part of it was because I was bored. But then I started like talking to people. And it was nice to like talk to people who didn't know my situation. And I didn't feel judged for that. Um, Did you have any like... Um fear of like well I've been here before where I've talked to someone that didn't know my faith and we got mm -hmm. attached and you know what I <laughs> not mean really, not really because um I would just message to be like they were like what are you looking for I'm like trying to fuck like that's that's all I would <laughs> hey. that's all I would say <laughs> it, it was sort of true mostly yeah. but I was just like oh I just want to like talk or whatever because it was locked down but then when things started opening up um i did start hooking up with people and um the first person that i hooked up with was a girl so mm -hmm. i don't really consider myself gay um but i wouldn't have known that had i not experimented because i kind of yeah. always felt like part of like i was like well jehovah doesn't like homosexual acts he doesn't like gay people they're bad but i'm attracted to women sometimes like i don't mean to but it's just how i am sometimes and i would never know because i wanted to be you know like 
good. I wanted to be a faithful servant of him. I never took the chance. I never tried to explore that. Right. And then when I did, I was like, oh, okay, this is not, this is not for me. But had I not done that, then I feel like it would have just been like more sexual repression. Um, but you know, I was dating other people or not dating, just like hooking up with people. And then my parents are like, well, you know, and they didn't know about any of this. Um, they were like, you know, you've been out for almost a year, like, or is it six months? I can't remember how long it had been, but they were like, you should consider writing a letter. And I was like, oh crap. Cause there is yeah. some- It's like this is... assigned home- homework you forgot yeah. what you had to do. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, yeah, I being disfellowship for me was not fun and I didn't have anybody and I was stuck at home, mm-hmm. but also it was nice to not have the pressure of like going on service or commenting or even like talking to people. Like I could just be at home and, you know, do quarantine activities and not have to talk about the Bible or anything yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, they were like, you should consider, you know, writing a letter to your, um, to your committee. And I was like, oh God, okay. Um, so I didn't know what to write, like dear body of elders, I'm writing (laughs) because I want to be reinstated. Love April. (laughs) Yeah, love April. Thank you. Um, uh, so then like I wasn't April back then. I was still like, "Eh, I'm just going to die in Armageddon. Like that was my whole thing. Like, I'll die. (laughs) It's like that meme, like, guess I'll die. But (laughs) it really is. You weighed the pros and cons and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, forget it. So I didn't know where to look. So then I was like, okay, well, there's a whole bunch of people who have been reinstated or try to get reinstated on the internet on Reddit. So I went on Reddit thinking I'm going to get a reinstatement letter or ask people how to do a reinstatement letter because I hadn't changed my life. Like I was just as quote unquote bad if not worse in the terms of like sinning and stuff i didn't think that i was a bad person i was just you know doing my thing but i went on there and i looked for a reinstatement letter and i found one but when i kind of looked around a little bit more i started to feel so panicked um and that I had that feeling for a while of like, oh my God, these are apostates. And I like, I'm reading apostate material and this is so bad. Like I was sleeping with people. I was, um, I wasn't smoking or anything, but like I was not, I was doing spiritism and all this other stuff, but apostates. Yeah. Like that was such a huge (laughs) thing. Like there's no, there's no turning back from that. Um, so then slowly, very slowly, I started reading stuff and I like, yeah, 1914. Yeah. Like the, whatever, like the doctrine, but the thing that, well, then somebody messaged me about like a reinstatement letter. And then, then we got to talking and I think it's, uh, is it Russell or Rutherford's Beth Harem or something? the is that like, like a website or something best which one is it <laughs> i've never heard of this term oh, okay 
I think it was Rutherford. No, it was Russell. Beth Sarim. So um, I was just like uh, talking. I forgot who it was. We were going back and forth about like put this in your letter. How did you like? Why are why were you disfellowship? Like just back and forth things that you know. He then talk about who uh, don't know each other, and this person mentioned Beth Sarim. And I was like, I don't know what that is. You know. She's like, she's like, yeah, like Russell built a house or he bought a house, like a mansion in San Diego, because he thought um, the Old Testament like princes or whoever were going to be resurrected in 1925. So he had all these, so he had all these like rooms. He was ready for them, like house guests. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) So he had like this mansion, you know how he had all these predictions and stuff. Yeah, Rutherford, not Russell, was the second guy. It was a 10 bedroom mansion in San Diego, California, constructed in 1929 in anticipation of various resurrected Old Testament biblical patriarchs or prophets such as Abraham, Moses, David, Isaiah, and Samuel. Oh, and like, God, what a and, like, and Rutherford lived there, and I think he like, want, he, like, wanted to be buried there. They sold it later, but, like, Watchtower footed the bill for it, and I had no idea. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah, it was weird. Like, that, I was like, okay, well, that's just, like, Russell Rutherford they did weird stuff you know like it is weird but I didn't I still wasn't like I was just like they didn't know um (laughs) but then the thing that started to bother me more and I got more comfortable looking at that subreddit was uh the sex abuse stuff Mm -hmm. so I didn't know I know someone I have a family member that was abused for years by a few people in my home congregation. Um, and I was just like, well, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, it was just these two people. Like these, a one-off situation. Yeah, it's always yeah. a one-off. I had heard of stuff I'm like, oh, it's a one-off. It's just Jehovah's organization is made of imperfect people. And sometimes it just, you know, brings in the wrong people. Yeah. And, but then I found out this systemic like issue this whole thing there's a database there's like the the two witness rule this was another thing i remember when i was kind of sinning hearing about the two witness rule and i was like wait what the heck what the hell like you have to have two witnesses to this crime but i didn't say anything i just was like i don't like that and that was it. I didn't pursue it anymore. I didn't look up into that, look into that anymore. But that was what really got me like, what is going on? Like this, this isn't right. Like why would they, there's no way that there's a database. There's no way that they're hiding. This is just a few people. And then once I started looking more and more into it, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is not good. And I was angry. Right. Um, Cause you like again ever since i was a kid fifth generation witness like born into it um i like this is true why would why would jehovah's organization lie to me 
why I'm gonna believe it when they said that they don't hide pedophiles when they they report everything. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt them. But when you see it in black and white, like, yeah, there is a literal database. There they lied on the stand. They they did all these things and and why why what's the reason to protect their name when all these people are are being hurt and then I thought about um, like my my family member and I was like this isn't this isn't just a one time thing this yeah. is this is something that happens. And that's my origin story. Um, <laughs> Villain. No, 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 no. I don't know. Like, there's probably more to that, but I just I got more comfortable with the idea of like, well, maybe it's not all true. Maybe. Yeah. If why, one part is false, then yeah, you have to question uh, else. Yeah. yeah, and then like, why am I not allowed to look at outside material? Why was that so bad? Um. And then, like, slowly I started just reading more and more. And then one day I was like, holy shit, I am in a cult. And I, like, wrote a post. Like, I wrote a post the moment that I was like, oh, my gosh. And I forgot what I wrote, but it's on Reddit. Um, And then, like, immediately after, I made my Instagram page. Like, I wrote that, and then I was like, 1914 hoax. And... Yeah. I posted, I posted Scam. a couple of things. It's, and you don't, I still like, if I could, I mean, not really, but if I could, I would not want to know. Like to an assert, really? to a certain extent, I wish, because it's just me, you know, like it's, I, I don't have my family, like they're not on the same page, like. And I was so, not complacent, but just so naive for so long. It's so uncomfortable to like know this truth and then not say anything about it. And then to feel like, oh, well, I am, I am an idiot. Like I didn't ever think to question anything. Yeah, I'm glad I know the truth about what's going on, um, but it's still really uncomfortable and really sad that I can't even be like, well, I read this old article and it says this because it's like, well, why are you looking at old articles? Why are you doing that? Like, it's not even apostate stuff. It's like an old article from like golden age or whatever, not even golden age, like 1980s. You can't even say that because then they're like, well, you're just looking for a fault in the religion. Yeah. What are you digging for? Yeah. You just accept it. So like in the past, yeah, that would have worked. Like, I'll just accept it. I'm okay with that answer. But now like now i'm asking why why is there a database why is it that i can't look at outside material why is it that it's okay for um stephen let to say that children are enemies of god why is it okay for why is it okay for them to lie on the stand why why is it okay for them to be in the un but not like if i if i joined or if i had a kid who joined the boy scouts or whatever if i wanted to do some type of if I celebrated Christmas then I'm not a witness anymore but they could join the whole UN like it just doesn't now I'm asking why and I I got baptized at 15 and I just never asked why I knew the answers and the answer that I was given was good enough for me I based my entire life on 
the idea that I could trust God's true or God's organization mm-hmm. because why would they lie? Why would they lie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like my whole thing. Why would they lie? You've done quite the 180 there of between no questioning at all to now you have like a million questions that they that there's it's almost like a rhetorical question because there's never going to be an answer that's no. going to justify what they're doing yeah even if i did get an answer like and, and to a certain extent they have given an answer why they have a database of twenty thousand plus names that they won't turn over um jerick's uh was uh it's basically on record that he said that we maybe this will cause a hardship for some people but we have to think about this whole big organization and we can't worry about a few people that this is going to affect so it's about so it's about reputation and like all my all my previous like faith and activities those are all sincere like i did those out of sincerity i I love Jehovah. I I love the brother. I still love my friends. I love my parents. I don't I don't think that anybody joins a cult because they're like, oh, it's a cult. Like my yeah. my great great grandparents joined because they love the Bible or something. Like it was a different religion basically back then. And then their daughter, my grandma, my mom, and then me, like that's what they knew and like of course to them jehovah is using these men why would they lie why would they have some other type of motive and then my dad was a a convert in the 80s so like he wanted to know about the bible he met my mom like i'm not i'm not mad at them and i'm not i'm not mad that i was raised a witness like i don't i don't feel like i'm not angry about that i am angry about what they tell us and i'm angry that i signed a contract basically at 15 before i even had a driver's license and i can't do anything about it unless i do some type of loopholes which i'm trying to do like just don't report time for six months and then maybe you're good but <laughs> it just it's it's so you've so... been reinstated though Did I oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah okay that's i forgot about that um basically the i had my judicial during covid and i had to like wear a mask and stuff which is which probably helped but like everybody in my my comment like the board the comment section of my mm-hmm. post was like just cry come up with some, <laughs> come up with some lies and okay cry and <laughs> tell them that you want blah, blah 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 like you see that this is jehovah's organization and um you don't want to be outside of it anymore and you miss the friends and you know that the only place to be is in his organization and you want to come back to him i was like okay got it and then i went in there and i uh cried which is easy to do under these circumstances yes i cried and i had the mask on so it was a lot really convincing (laughs) because just your eyes um and then i they were like okay give us a few minutes and then they were like, we've decided to reinstate you. I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. The, the, one of the other crazy parts of that day, I asked one of my friends who knew about the whole situation. I was like, can you do a tarot reading about how this evening's going to go for me? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah. 
So she's like, well, you know, it says that you're going to get what you want, that it's going to happen. But then something major is going to change for you, which when you just like, that's such a generalized kind of reading, I guess, but you know, it helped, it helped me. Um, And then, yeah, it was, I got reinstated. And then after that, as I was going to my car, I was like, I lied. There's no God in that room. Jehovah's not in that room. It was just three men who decided what was going to happen to me. 100%. So that's, I was just like, that's it. Like, this is not blessed. No, there's nobody in that room. Because if I could lie and have tarot reading and cry on command and still get reinstated, there's no God in there. Yeah. And I'm not, like, yeah. yeah. Like, to me, like, maybe there is a God, maybe there isn't. But he definitely wasn't in that room and he's not in this organization. He's not, nobody's guided by any type of all-powerful being in, in that organization, in my opinion. I maybe some people still believe that but I don't I think those that believe in that would not be listening to this podcast true yeah (laughs) they wouldn't be looking at your Instagram (laughs) (laughs) okay so like I was you know I get kind of worried about being found out um and I was like what if somebody recognizes my voice and I'm like, well, then why were they listening to <laughs> yeah. an apostate podcast? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So, it's not like this is like, you know, a plot twist. Like it's very in your face. This is what this podcast is about. Yeah. Same as your Instagram. It's very obvious what your Instagram is about. So yeah. if they're scrolling through, <laughs> the yeah. real question is why were they there? <laughs> yes, definitely. Wow, that's a uh, that's great. I'm glad that you got reinstated, and I'm I'm happy that you're trying. I know that sounds so tongue in cheek, no, but I actually I just, mean it. No, um, <laughs> I, I need it. I actually am glad too because uh, I don't I I don't know. I I did it for my family. I wanted to be able to talk to people. I get that. Yeah, that's really the main reason why. Because if there was no threat of that, then I would I would be done. And I actually, I remember telling my, I remember telling Dallas, he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to get reinstated. And then I think I'll be done. I don't want to do this anymore. But that was coming from a place of like, I'm just tired. Not that I don't believe anymore. It's just mm-hmm. like, I can't do it. Discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to mention earlier, you were talking about um, like the suicidal thoughts. And I oh, just wanted yeah. to add that uh, I, this is gonna sound really messed up what I'm about to say, oh, but okay. it's how I feel. I feel like they do this intentionally, the organization that uh-huh. is like, I feel like they wanna put people in a position where they have nothing, they feel that yeah. they have nothing else left. Uh-huh. And their stupid, arrogant mindset is they're going to have absolutely nothing left and they're going to come crawling back to us. And then they fail to realize that like, actually what happens when a person feels like they have nothing left Mm -hmm. is they hurt themselves. And so like this, there's a common trend, not just with Jehovah's Witnesses, but any cult where you leave them in a position that desperate and that feeling so worthless, they're going to hurt Mm -hmm. themselves, but they don't want to take any ownership of that part. No. Uh... It's, it's true. It's, yeah, because I, I, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to die necessarily or like have to keep my dog with me at all times if I had a support system. Yeah. Uh, but I, you say I made a total 180 and I really think that I did. I had other stuff like about my, my early, my early days. I mostly did it to like get my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's funny that a lot of people don't like or like they feel traumatized. And I'm not saying it's not valid, mm-hmm. but for me, I, I was really surprised to find out that people are traumatized by my book of Bible stories. That just came up on my Instagram. Not, like maybe <laughs> la- it might even been this week. And I thought, oh my God, they're right. Did I realize that prior to like literally this week? No. But once oh, it was really? pointed out to me, it was like the bubble had been burst. And I was like, they're so fucking right. I mean, I've literally told my husband mm-hmm. that the only literature I would ever accept from my mother or my family that is Joe's Witness produced um, would be the My Book of Bible Stories. I did say to him, I would go through it and either you know, Sharpie marker through certain lines, or I would rip out certain pages altogether. And, but since seeing that post, I was like, oh my God, absolutely not. Like, I wouldn't even accept that now. Yeah, uh, I loved it. And I still actually really love the art. I don't know. Yes, I, <laughs> what's wrong with us? I don't know. Uh, I actually, my parents would play it for me every night and I would, I memorized it like age three. Like I knew the whole book. Um, but I, I don't know, I feel like that, kind of dystopian weird psychedelic kind of feel is really inspiring to me like it's just it's kind of creepy but I don't know I find myself always going back to classic witness art 1970s 19, 1970s 1980s it was like peak art because they had full color and mm-hmm. it wasn't like stylized to be like Mormon artwork yeah because mm-hmm. now I don't really like it now but um yeah I, I really I I have a fondness for it I don't know um I know that now if I have kids they're not going to be witnesses which is going to be very unfortunate for my parents they're going to be heartbroken but also that's they don't yeah it's not something that I want to raise my children with yeah even though I don't hate my childhood I just don't want them to be raised that way. Mm-hmm. I um, I love the art as well. I do think um, for myself, I don't want to speak for you, but for myself, I do think that my enjoyment of it is nostalgic. I don't think yeah. that it's actually good um, for me to keep in my life or to share with uh-huh. my children. But I do think when I look at it, I'm like, oh gosh, that art is so great. And the storytelling was so great. Yeah. But to also devil's advocate on that would be I couldn't tell you the last time I've held that book in my hands or mm-hmm. read it um and I'm talking even before I left the truth you know 10 years yeah. ago I can't remember the last time I actually looked at it so I might be blurring and misremembering how yeah. up the book actually was it might be way worse than I even remember and I'm just thinking of it from like my 10 year old eyes and not you know my one year old eyes (laughs) I don't think I'm remembering it correctly then because I don't remember being so harsh (laughs) yeah I feel like I I look at a lot of uh witness art now and uh yeah it's pretty messed up like (laughs) the the babe they're holding the baby by the 
one oh, leg. Oh, the leg, yes, where they were uh-huh. going to chop it in half to find yeah. out who the real mother was. Right. Yeah, there's lots of blood and people getting stoned. Um, and then, like, you know, the victim blaming of Dinah, which is a whole other thing, too, that I have a problem with. Dinah. The, the language and the, the literature, like, that's that's kind of to be expected for that time period, the 1970s. Um, and then they did some other stuff, like the young people asked where they based it on Dinah and they victim blamed her again. But officially, like in published literature, for I guess for the public, it's like, well, you're never to blame if you're sexually abused. You're never, right. ever to blame. It's never your fault, no matter what. But then internally on their documents, mm-hmm. um, they have like, was the victim a willing participant? Like, no, that's literally not, like you shouldn't be asking that question. That's not even like the victim, was the victim willing? No, like- That's that, hence the word victim. Yes. Hence the word abducted. Like, let's not forget she was abducted. Like, yeah, and then, forgetting yeah. these parts. And then like, there's another thing that says like, how many of the, uh, excuse me, how many of the elders think that the, victim was willing so she could have said like or they could have said that they weren't willing that it was against that they didn't have consent but if the elders think that they actually wanted it that's not for you to to decide no 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 but you know that's it's (sighs) i don't even know um i don't know if you if you talk to many people in the in the community like other creators Mm -hmm. uh, Irregular I tried pioneer. to. Yeah. Uh, he, irregular pioneer. I, he used to be an elder, and I've asked him a couple things. Like, um, is did they really have the blue envelope? Did they really ask these questions? <laughs> and he he confirmed them all. Like, I could I could probably ask my dad because, you know, he was an elder. But I'm not going to be like, did yeah. they really do this? I Let's can't not open that can of worms in your household. <laughs> no, uh, but one interesting thing. My dad says weird things. Not like weird things, but I'm like. Hmm. Um, one time he said that he looked for the elders book online and he found it. It was there. He was like, well, that's interesting. Um, and then why do you think that it would not be there? I don't know. Just cause they told him, don't put it on the internet. So it's like, he wanted to see and he found it. Um, yeah, I've, was, I mean, they're on eBay. I mean, they're very, Oh, you, I can, didn't find, know that. you can find any publication mm. um and frankly i'm so sad that i threw all mines away because i feel like i could have made some money off of it. and, and yeah. or even in this podcast i feel like it would be very helpful me for me to be able to yeah. refer to them because i think sometimes the jw org yeah they have the library but they update it as well, their opinions change you know yeah well somebody um on reddit posted that they archives like almost everything like all of the golden age back to like 1800 almost mm-hmm. so if you look for that it'll have like really old publications but um yeah i mean i've i bought a great teacher book recently like the pink one i i kind of want to start collecting uh the old stuff and then for like my artwork though like i don't deface any books i just get pictures online and go from there because it's just just too much to have like physical media Mm -hmm. but um yeah my dad he's this like really kind of inspired me to use like a phrase 
So we were watching Law and Order, and there was an instance um, of like a priest. They hid his like sexual transgressions against children, his right. molestation, all that stuff. They had a whole database of all these things that they hid, and they were protecting him. And my dad said, no prompting whatsoever. If my religion um, hid this and told me to lie about it, I would lose my faith and see no reason to continue with it. Um, sir. I was like, excuse me, the call is coming from inside the house. So exactly. I, I was like, are you serious? But I couldn't say anything. So I was like, are you serious right now? This, this is happening. So then, like, I made this post on um, Reddit or on my Instagram, and it, it kind of felt I think this is when I started focusing more on this issue. Uh, it was a little computer and it says, Jehovah's Witnesses maintain a secret database of child molesters within their organization. They refuse to turn this over to legal authorities. And then in the caption, all I said was, dad, I hope you see this. Nice. But I don't know if he ever will, but that's like, that's my hope that he'll just see this. Cause I know that will, the thing is, I know it'll destroy his faith and he'll mm. think about it, but I also, like, I want to. I want to destroy his faith, mm. but I don't because I don't want to break his heart. Like, I know yeah. I know how that feels, that, like, to have the rug, you know, pulled from under you in mm. a way. Yeah. Like a like gut punch, but I hope it happens and maybe it'll happen on his own. The problem know. with, like, hoping that he finds that instagram post um Mm -hmm. never say never but part of finding it is like you have to be you have to be looking you have to be in the algorithm enough that for it to pop up on his explore page or something you know yeah and if he's being a good jehovah's witness he would not be searching anything remotely close to that page for it to pop up he says interesting things like um he told me you know it's okay to question things you have an issue you can write a letter and ask like what's going on why is this and I was like I can't like you'd be okay with that and I'm but I'm not going to because all my questions would be like how dare you why would you do this blah 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 and I would yeah. get you know. um yeah I don't know uh what what is well I guess what do your parents think your plan is right now I don't know they they can have like some tendencies of being like apathetic mm-hmm. towards being a witness. So I think that they think my plan, well, it is my plan to like, you know, move out and buy a home, but there hasn't been really much talk of like spiritual goals, which is nice. Um, we've had a lot of stuff going on this year. So that kind of makes it easier for that to yeah, of course. go to the side for anyone that is physically in mentally out or mm-hmm. mentally questioning what mm-hmm. advice would you give them i guess sometimes the first answer that you get isn't always the correct answer so it's okay to question and don't get baptized before you're 18 <laughs> don't get baptized period <laughs> yeah um i honestly i there's you know christian religions there's always going to be something with the doctrine. I'm okay with whatever you want to believe in. That is fine. But we should have a choice to leave 
and we should be protecting our children. You need a question and you need to, in order to protect yourself and your children, your family, just know that it's not just one instance. The organization is not there to protect you, it's there to protect themselves. And just be vigilant, just because of their witnesses doesn't mean you can trust them. You can't always trust their answers, you can't trust the people in charge. And that sounds kind of like a conspiracy theory, like don't trust the media, but no, like they're just men. They don't really, like they, you gave them authority by getting baptized or being associated with this group, but they really don't. Like, yeah, they have the ability to basically ruin your life, but they're just men. And they, they don't have any authority. They truly don't. Even if it seems like they do and you feel like you're stuck, it, it'll get better. I'm still working on my deconstruction pro process. I have my ups and downs, but just, don't be like me. Please ask questions. Don't, don't be so trusting because I, you know, this is all I knew and I felt no reason to ask questions, but please ask questions and don't be scared. Find someone you trust and um, don't, don't come into it like as you're combative or something, be sincere in your questions because then otherwise it might turn someone off. But um also, if you're gonna live a double life, don't get a witness involved in it because they're gonna tell on you. Every so time. if you're gonna, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> if you're gonna have the double life, get a, a worldly partner and do not involve any other witnesses in it so that you only have to keep your story straight. And just remember, it's okay to lie to people who have no authority over you in the congregation. So um, my advice is just lie. Just lie. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Uh, not really, but you know. They don't have the authority over you, so you can just say whatever you want, which I learned the hard way. I should have just lied. I wanted to say I do commend anybody who is dating somebody who was raised a witness or who is disfellowshipped or some type of association. I know it's hard and it's it's frustrating for the never witness and we those of us who are witnesses or you know maybe you think that we're giving up a lot potentially losing our family or whatever but for us to decide that we want to do that um it means that you're really special to us and that we really care for you and love you so we're sorry that it's frustrating and that it's not always ideal about how our relationship works, but um, we really appreciate how you, you know, are supportive the best way that you can. I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make sure my husband listens to that. Okay. I think you worded that very well. <laughs>